Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here live from the Stingray Studios. Should mention, you can always check out uh, Wilhock online, wilhockbeefjerky.com. Great little idea for Christmas parties. Maybe you got the work party, you got to bring something in and you don't want to cook. Just bring in a bag of beef jerky. Everybody will love you for it. A stocking stuffer. You can do a little gift card. Maybe Secret Santa. Ooh. There's lots of things you can do involving Wilhock beef jerky. That's a great one if you do the, um, there's a million different names for it, like Yankee Swap uh, type of Christmas gift exchanges where it's kind of like a secret you don't know yeah. until it's open and then it can get stolen, whatever you want to call it. Um, a, a, a bag of beef jerky and then maybe like a jar of pickled carrots or pickled <laughs> eggs or whatever. So we, we've talked about some seized barbecue seasoning or barbecue sauce. That's a perfect one because literally everybody can use that. Or if it was a gift card too. Oh, then they can go and get whatever suits their own fancy. Maybe it's yeah. just a, a bunch of candy. I envision Michael Scott in the office with like the, the iPod. video iPod. The yeah, I, everybody's like, like, give me the, it was like the, o, card. the OG iPod was the, the big gift. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was kind of a good running trope in that because like a little bit later when the salespeople were, had made everybody else mad because they're being too competitive, it's like, should we get them iPods? It's like, thank you. It's like, if they don't have an iPod by now, they just don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, <laughs> we already got text coming in about the chili. one 401 is the text sign if you want to get in on the conversation. We are going to talk fantasy sports, although yesterday on the show we did get quite deep into the chili talk because there was a chili cook-off here at the Stingray Studios, and... Um, it did not disappoint. I kind of joked, like, because at the end of the show, it transitioned into how do you make a good grilled cheese? So I was actually going to tweet out today. We're talking grilled cheese today on Fantasy Frenzy. I mean, we will take those recipes. Someone had mentioned you put a little leftover chili in there. I think, what did you do, Brandon? Are you the bacon fat guy, or was that a text we had? That was a text. We had a text saying to use bacon grease. With the, with, uh, yeah, for the grilled cheese, I use uh, spicy mayo, like a mix yeah. of mayo and sriracha. Um, to for the outside of the cheese when you're grilling, just gets a little crisp up on it. But the bacon grease one in, entices me. I might be um, checking that out because if you just cook the bacon, then you can put the bacon in your grilled cheese too. Use the grease um, for uh, I don't know what do you call that? Your lubricant, your yeah, I think you do because that's what keeps it from sticking and uh, yeah. helps you avoid <laughs> charring it up a little too much. I guess maybe. Yeah, I mean it. It sounds effective. There's lots of ways. And, you know, I think that got into the topic of like a, a pulled pork leftover as well. You could slide in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to throw some chili flakes in there as well to give it a little kick. For me, that's about all I can handle. Yeah, Connor, but uh, Connor Halley, well-noted <laughs> uh, fan of spicy food and kick. Make it five alarm <laughs> at the minimum. Uh, but yes, uh, Victor, the chili was very good. Everyone did a very good job. All participants, I thought, brought it. None were too spicy. There was one that had a nice homemade jalapeno. If you yeah, and it was I sprinkled it was, that it was in. on the side, so you could include it if you wanted to. Yeah, I sprinkled it in because I do like jalapeno, mm-hmm. and I was like trying to put on a tough face, like my nose was running. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, I was like <laughs> trying to not let it be known, but the chili was very good. Winner is up. Winner was one of our engineers who brought it with the presentation. Actually, put the chili in a bun, and then I think a and not like as a it. sandwich, like it was inside the bun, so you could just pick up the bun and eat it, and it's not like sloppy joe style spilling up the sides like it was encompassed inside of it it was crazy it was like the tim hortons chili in a bowl i think 
like that. And then yes. I ate the bowl. And the guy does the arm yeah. thing. Yeah. Great. That's a good throwback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For those who remember, <laughs> Greg says, use garlic butter instead of regular butter when making grilled cheese and try and fry it with garlic butter as well. Cat Dad says, I use elevated bread. One of the farmer's markets has a dill pickle bread. Also, I buy a loaf of poppy seed onion cheese sourdough for my grilled cheese. That's when I used to work at the Save On Bakery, there was a cheese bread. And every once in a while, I would buy a loaf and take that home and use it for a grilled cheese. Really changing the game. Uh, imitation Tom here. Last year, in my family's gift swap, I got some really, really nice random coffees. Loved it. Yeah, I like I like a nice coffee. I think for me, though, I have like the palate of a... I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone. Someone who doesn't know much about coffee because I'll just drink anything. I can always sweeten it up. Walter says, how many chili entries were there that were actually stew? I don't know. Well, what's the definition of chili, Walter? That's You got you to gotta text back and let us know. Uh, I will say none. None? Um, because maybe this is an uh, alluding to what we were talking about yesterday, like the Texas style where there is no yeah. beans. I uh, To me... No and skyline. I, and, I, and I no skyline chili either. We uh, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, I think it was Gord that said the true definition of chili does not have beans. I like my chili with beans in it, uh, usually a few different kinds. They were all a pretty traditional style chili. Some differences in flavors um, and ingredients and things like that. But for the most part, they were all pretty uh, by the book ingredients wise. Uh, some differences in preparation styles. There was a smoked one, like we talked about um, our engineer, Doug, putting it inside the bun. Nailed it. Um, JR, her award-winning chili, did not win this time. And uh, and then Marissa's with a little kind of sweet element to it as well. Yeah. I don't know if that was like some mango salsa or something she put in there. Um, whatever it was, it, it was good. That was my pick for the winner. It didn't come out on top, but I, I loved it all the same. Yeah, I went, uh, I did pick the winner. I thought the presentation's a big thing for me, you know, as I judge chilies, so... Yeah, uh, Steve from Drumheller says, how do you make a bad grilled cheese? I mean, I suppose you could use a, a bread someone doesn't like. Maybe it's the end piece of the bread. The you might as well just throw that right out. Bad cheese, maybe you burn it. I think that's the only way. It's tough to do, but I, th- I think most grilled cheese are pretty good. Uh, it is Fantasy Frenzy here. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas. We'll talk some fantasy sports here as well, as we'll be with you until noon before Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger take over. As we mentioned, one 401 1440 is the text line. Uh, last night, uh, Brandon and I were down at the Canadian Brew House, South St. Albert location. A fantastic time had by all. Unfortunately, we witnessed a pretty bad football game. Unless maybe you, on a whim decided to start the Minnesota Vikings uh sorry the Chicago Bears defense who intercepted Joshua Dobbs four separate times uh they had a pretty good game and I don't know how many of those we can really chalk up to Dobbs his receivers were not giving him much help deflecting that ball right up in the air they also had two sacks on the night so not a massive numbers but those interceptions and only allowing 10 points uh would have been quite nice other than that I mean, I guess if you had Alexander Madison and he cost you the playoffs by not getting one more yard, you could be a little bit frustrated. Not me, though. Brandon, uh, what did you make of that game last night? Not not really any fantasy performer. I guess TJ Hawkinson was okay. 
Yeah, in terms of fantasy wise, it was it was a no show pretty much across the board. Uh, Alex Madison with his uh, modest performance ended up costing you not only the win this week in fantasy, but a berth in the playoffs for your league. So uh, third tweet- in points scored for the record. I tweeted out that picture of you immediately following <laughs> the game, and it was a, a look of a sad man staring at his phone screen. Point uh, one eight points. Yeah, just just under two tenths of a point short. Uh, from coming out victorious and we were hoping like I was on your side rooting for it um, it was a bad night for uh, gambling on it because uh, so few points so few touchdowns so a little yardage um, it was it was just a stinker of a game there, there's really no sugar coating it uh, I know you mentioned yesterday a couple of our final people standing in the survivor pool at least one person had the Vikings two two people so good night Irene to you guys uh, <laughs> thanks for coming out but yeah it was it was ugly I would prefer to kind of just wipe it from my memory. I'm already looking ahead to a big slate of NHL games tonight to, you know, clean my palate of that um, abomination last night. Checked in on the Flames in Vegas game, uh, tail end of that once I got home too, which was a nice reprieve. Uh, and yeah, already looking ahead to week 13 now, back to some bye weeks. So more fantasy implications as we kind of hit the home stretch of the uh, fantasy regular season here last couple weeks. Now, I will say there are three people remaining in our fantasy pool. But one of them is Green Dog number two. Green Dog has at least four teams in this pool. Okay, Green Dog. So if he wins, Green Dog, there's going to be court. And we're going to have to decide what happens. Because you can't have four teams in a survivor pool. And this was a free one. Actually, I lost money in this one. It was a free pool for everyone. You can't be loading up the ballot. So there might be some discussion. Bendison. Now, that could be, yeah, Bend Elson. Bendelson. Bendelson. A texter. There's a texter. Oh, okay, well, that's who that is then. Good good work on the Eagles this week. And then Duran had the Chiefs. And then, you know what? Green Dog took the Ravens to beat my Chargers. So, Green Dog, there will be an investigation if you do win. We have to look at if you did do four teams, you might only get a quarter of the prize. We'll see what happens, but... Congratulations. Three finalists remain as we head into week 13 of the NFL season. That is very impressive. If this was like one of those buy-ins where it was $20 a person, there would be some big money on the line right now, but it wasn't one of those NFL survivor pools. Also, our hockey pool, Brandon, uh, I don't know mm. if you want to give an update on how your situation is uh, looking right now. I'm still still down. I think I'm still in next to last. Yeah. 40th place. You are. You but are. Only three I, points back of Deathly Holloways. And I've got a huge slate of players playing tonight, including probably a few uh, quote-unquote off-the-board ones that might be a little different than the general public. Of course, not having Leon Dreisaitl playing tonight. I will be quietly rooting for the Oilers to have a good performance, but maybe Leon can uh, take a backseat on the score sheet front and contribute other ways. Killing penalties, playing physical, things like that. You know, I feel like we all have a lot of players. I only, Tage Thompson, obviously out. Brad Marchand, Timo Meyer injured. Kale McCarr, Wierenski. All my goalies are playing. I don't know how many are getting starts, but uh, I'm sitting in 11th. I want to get back into that top 10. Congrats to Haas, Oil City Magic, and Ammerhammer rounding out the top three. Koskinen 2.0, and Boldy getting Aho, <laughs> getting uh, right outside the top three. That is your top five in the Fantasy Frenzy Pool, the Oilers, of course, in action tonight, taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, who did lose last night in Calgary, 2-1 in overtime. They had the 1-0 lead, could not capitalize and take a bigger lead. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights, 
not not the same team we saw in the Stanley Cup, not the same team we saw, saw at the start of the season. Uh, they've had some problems as of late, but still a very good hockey team. I don't, I don't know if I buy in quite as much into the two games and two nights. A lot of people say, you know, that's a team ripe for the picking. I feel like they're still going to come out and have a very good start. As the game goes on, I think it's very important for the Oilers to kind of break down the will of that one and, uh, you know, try to get that early lead like we've seen in the past and hang on to it. But it's going to be an interesting game down at Rogers Place tonight. Of course, we've got lots of coverage here for you here on Sports 1440. Low Tide will get you ready, as will Jason Greger from 2 till 6. And then from 6 till 7, you can hop on the Oilers Nation YouTube channel, pre-gaming with Bordzi, Aaron Bordado, and a cast of many on the Oilers Nation YouTube stream for for pre-game coverage. It's never a bad time with Bordzi. He uh, he likes to take a pretty lighthearted approach to his coverage of the game. He is he is emotional and he does not hide it. He uh, you know that's the the kind of nice thing about Oilers Nation is that they're fans just like everybody else. Uh, not your traditional supposed to be quote unquote unbiased media coverage. They they just they let it fly. And if they uh, they're not pleased about something or about an individual or whatever the case, they will happily voice it. So uh, I love, love tuning into Boardsy for my pregame coverage. I got offered to go to the game tonight, and I had to respectfully decline because, uh, as I said to my buddy that offered it, these uh, these seven o'clock starts. By the time you get down there, leave after the game and get home, that uh, does not jive so well with my early a.m. starts for the morning show. So I will uh, I will watch it from my couch, and then as soon as it concludes, peel off into the warm comfort of my bed, get a full night's sleep, and be back at it for the recap tomorrow morning starting at 7 o'clock with Carius. Yeah, I mean, you'd ha- you would be fatigued. You don't just do that for anything. It's got to be the Joe Bros or something equal. Yeah, yeah, just a standard... Standard Oilers game in uh, in November, the quarter mark of the season. That does not quite cut it to to deprive myself of that much sleep. But yeah, Jonas Brothers coming to town, of course. That's <laughs> that's worth it every time. So Amazon driver says, Connor, what is the format of your playoffs that it starts in week thirteen? It doesn't start in week thirteen. I guess technically, if I were to go two and zero in the next two weeks, and everyone else that around me loses, I could make it in. But the odds are uh, very low of that happening. So basically, I was eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, that that's all it is. But third most points in the league, and I'm out already. Like basically out. You're like the Carolina Panthers, minus the point scored thing. Yeah, it's like just. But you're eliminated already. Bad, which. terrible matchups every week. The people who, you know, have their best game against me, and then, you know, I just got to be better. Put together a good team on yeah. the paper. But no excuses, Connor. Well, those those are just facts. <laughs> those are facts. Third most points, but. What can you do? A perplexed Oilers fan texting in. I watch Flames and Vegas and notice their back check is much better than the Oilers. They don't stop short of catching up coming into the D zone. And Vegas always had three players back in the D zone. Calgary entered. They also finished their checks. Cough, McLeod. Vegas was better, but Ladar was absolutely fantastic. Amazing that goalies absolutely steal games for other teams. Well, hey, that's their job. Part of the team. They got to occasionally carry their weight and steal a game. We've, we've seen it done in Edmonton before. Uh, we've got imitation Tom. I don't buy into the back-to-back thing either. These guys are athletes. Yeah. I mean, if it was like five straight games in a different row, fatigue might set in, but, uh, they're playing what? 20 minutes max. You're traveling private. You're staying in some nice places. Obviously you're going to be a little fatigued, but I don't buy into that excuse. Green dog gets the burnt grilled cheese from Victor. Yeah. Green dog. gets the burnt grilled cheese. Green Dog was the person with multiple entries. 
Oh, <laughs> I've moved on from that already. Gotcha. Uh, and ju- yeah, as before we fully move on from imitation, Tom, just before he'd mentioned the thing about the back to back, it said, uh, well, a couple things. A, if it makes you feel better, Connor, he, uh, the most points in his league isn't in a playoff spot either. The, to- the highest scoring team. And uh, Tom got beat by the fact that the little production Madison had was enough to beat Tom by 1.2 points. Oh, Madison. And then he comes after you saying, you can't change the rules after. If you didn't cap the entries, you didn't cap the entries. You can't retroactively cap it. That's not fair. It's not his fault. He saw a loop and took it, referring to Green Dog. Here's what I'll say about that imitation, Tom. We put that together so quickly because basically the NFL season started two days after we launched uh, the station at the start of September. So we might have uh, missed a couple of the boxes that said one limit per person or per email address or something, if it even existed. We don't know uh, because we wanted just to put it together quickly. That's why it was free for everybody to hop into. So um, I think it it was kind of on the honor system that you'd, uh, you'd enter once and call it good. Well, you know what? I mean, imitation Tom, you're assuming that this is like some sort of democracy. This is a dictatorship, <laughs> my friend. No contracts were signed. We well, can do whatever we want. We didn't even say there was an official prize. So. Lord, Lord Connor residing. Yeah, hail. <laughs> um, no, there, there, we, we didn't sign anything. There was no entry fees. There was nothing. We don't have to give the winner anything. I'd just like to go to someone who only had one team and really brought it. Not wrong, though. We didn't. We didn't set the rules. It's kind of a sneaky thing to do and he wasn't the only one there was a lot of people that did like five entries yeah uh, that's the worst part the pe- other people that had that many entries and they're all eliminated <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they lots of people, people saw that I, and had we done you know five dollar buy-in i'm sure people would have done four or five teams anyways but anyways very quickly is this the worst draft luck you've ever seen from ear candy eckler chubb higgins cup burrow ridley waller cheers Waller was a, a, an iffy one for me, but yes, I have Eckler, I have Cup, I have Burrow, I have Ridley. I understand. It sucks. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will get to our fantasy wizard of the day for the Canadian Brew House, Bob Harris of Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. That's coming up next here on Sports 1440. It's Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here, coming to you live from the Stingray Studios in West Edmonton Mall, talking all things fantasy sports for the next 40 minutes here. Get those questions or comments into 1-833-401-1440. We're talking NHL, NFL, whatever you want to here. Grilled cheese, if you've got some advice on a nice grilled cheese sandwich, you can send those in too. Still got a couple coming in. Processed cheese would be the only way to make a bad grilled cheese sandwich from Walter. Is that like a craft single? I think that's what he means, and I'll disagree. I like it's, a good it's craft not, single. It's not the best way to have a grilled cheese, but it's like sometimes that's exactly what you're craving is <laughs> yeah. that uh, that the melt of a nice plastic piece of cheese. True American cheddar, you know? It's the spot. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's fantastic. I mean, variety is, is nice, but every once in a while, that does hit the spot. Uh, right now, let's get into... Our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brewers. You can join us at the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon will be on location on Thursday. We'll let you know where he's going in a couple minutes here. But first, we bring in our guest, Bob Harris, from footballdiehards.com, as well as Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can give him a follow on Twitter or X at Football Diehard. Bob, good afternoon. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing fantastic. Just sitting here getting ready to apply some cheese-like substance to my uh, Wonder Bread, as we like to do down here in uh, the lower half of the North America, and uh, and enjoy. Now, when you when you fry up a nice grilled cheese sandwich, uh, any any special tactics you have for it to make it a, a little bit better? Look, man, I'm in Texas. We slapped some bologna on that thing. Oh, okay. I like that. We So this all started yesterday because in our office there was a chili cook-off and someone had mentioned you throw a little chili onto a grilled cheese. Some people said pulled pork. I like that. Adding a little protein to it, always a, a good thing. Now, I want to ask you this, Bob. Who has been your biggest fantasy football letdown this season? Uh, I'm going to go. So, so many to choose from. It's a part of each environment. Uh, you know, let's go. And I don't want to like go totally with injury related, but some of the top picks this year were injury related issues, whether it's Justin Jefferson, Cooper cup, and maybe Cooper cup would have been other, you know, either way. Um, and so I think those are, you know, probably at the top of everybody's list players that have not come through uh, to their draft cap. Well, I think we learned like last year, or at least I learned, you know, I do a lot of drafts, and I have a lot of first picks overall. I, and, you know, for in best ball drafts, et cetera, did hundreds of them. And, and I wanted to spread my first pick overall around uh, for that very reason. You get some of those top guys get injured, it can, it can be season wrecking. So hopefully, though, there have been people who have risen up through the ranks that you had no idea were going to deliver, and they're helping fill that void. But those would be the, the top two that come immediately to mind. Now, Bob, just looking at the buys this week, the Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, and Giants, uh, some of those teams probably going to impact your roster. Some of those teams maybe not quite so much. But when you're looking at the waiver wire, any guys who you think might be available that could help you out in kind of a situation where you just need them for one week? Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, unfortunately, some of them are on by, right? But I would go ahead and jump on Keaton Mitchell if you haven't already, the Baltimore running back who seems like kind of a Von Achan type of player who might end up getting enough of a workload. He was a leading piece in that, so I would make a speculative play on him. Uh, I'd go ahead if you're in a bind at quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He's been known to throw four touchdowns, even in, uh, even when all his pieces aren't working well. I'm looking at you, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. <laughs> um, wide receiver, like, you know, whatever packer you like. I mean, uh, Jaden Reed is still criminally under-rostered, um, right? I think 31% rostered on Yahoo. Uh, I think he's a big play right now that you could easily add to your roster and probably get something out of. I think, you know, there's an argument we made. He's the top receiving asset for the Green Bay Packers with a quarterback who's coming on. By the way, if people have moved on from Jordan Love, jump on. He, had a, he got off to a fast start, but there were questions about his fast start, mostly due to the completion percentage was in the mid-50s. The touchdowns were there, and then kind of the, the chickens came home to roost when the touchdowns dried up a bit. But he's improved uh, in recent weeks. Not only the completion percentage up over 65, up in the 65% range, the touchdowns have come back. And who knows, Christian Watson even shows up on occasion. That helps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I started Romeo Dobbs this week, and it, it didn't work out too yeah. well for me. But maybe next week uh, it will work instead. Bob Harris joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. one 401 is the text line if you do want to jump in. Now, looking at individual team defenses here, when you when you look at matchup, uh, is there any defenses this week that you think uh, might be a little bit of a surprise for you? Maybe uh, help you ensure a victory? <laughs> So I like to target quarterbacks and, you know, and target them with playmaking, you know, opportune playmaking defenses. If you've already missed the uh, boat on the Dallas Cowboys defense, I'm sorry for that. That's that's been ideal. Like, I think, you know, anytime you're facing the Jets, so the Falcons are probably available. 
uh, in most leagues as a streaming defense option. I would go with that if the Buccaneers are available, and they might not be. But going against the Panthers, they're in a little bit of disarray, making some changes. I wonder if some of those changes won't be a run-heavier approach. But either way, they can't protect Bryce Young. That's a big opportunity to make plays. Uh, Buccaneers secondary a little beat up, but uh, I could still still roll with that. But that that those would be my top, cho- you know, that those two would be my top choices. I think this week, looking just at some of the matchups and seeing what I can maybe leverage in terms of attacking quarterbacks. Those are it. Maybe maybe the Jaguars if you want to wait till Monday night. And by the way, the Jaguars probably rostered a lot. Really tough against the run, so uh, throw them in with an inexperienced quarterback, and that might put a little pressure on the downfield game and yield some plays. Bob Harris from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio joining us here on Sports 1440 Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas. Bob, uh, we had this text in from Triple C in a truck looking for this week a deep multiple E's in that uh, sleeper quarterback here with uh, probably some bye week and injury trouble playing a factor. Uh, looking at the slate, I mean, most of these guys are, are probably already owned, but of the available options, whether it be uh, P.J. Walker in Cleveland, uh, Browning with Cincinnati, or someone else, uh, Lord help us, Tim Boyle with the Jets. Are there any matchups that you kind of look at if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel? Who's the best option this week? Uh, none of those. <laughs> like, like, I would, like, I would look at Desmond Ritter in a tough matchup, even against the Jets, uh, because he has pretty decent playmakers around him, one most notably being Desmond Ritter. So, And like, if people have given up on Kenny Pickett, ungive up on him. Uh, number one, he faces the Cardinals, and according to Matthew Stafford, you are able to throw four touchdowns <laughs> against that defense without much trouble. Also, they have a new offensive coordinator, and last week was their first week with 400 yards of offense. I don't know that that's a coincidence. Uh, so I play that. Maybe if you're like getting desperate, Will Levis would be a pick against the Colts, who seem to have a hard time slowing down their cover three, not covering anybody uh, for the most part. So it might be a good week for DeAndre Hopkins as well. And uh, the Washington, you know, no one's going to, everyone's going to be playing to it, but uh, like the commanders can't stop anyone. But an interesting one, if the Patriots had a quarterback, well, I guess they do. They have a couple. If we figure out who that is, <laughs> the Chargers have been a gold mine for opposing passing attacks. Yeah, that one uh, that one stings a little deeper for uh, for my co-host here, Connor Halley, a diehard Chargers guy. But uh, you mentioned the Steelers, um, like you said, topping 400 yards of offense for the first time in several years. Uh, yeah, it seems like a misprint, but it's true. Do you think that this change at OC can really all of a sudden make a lot of these players in the Steelers' offense viable again? Whether it be Najee Harris, uh, Deontay Johnson, as long as he's not asked to recover fumbles, um, George Pickens after spending Thanksgiving at his coach's house, like are these guys viable again? Uh, I think both running backs are viable. I know it was a down week for Jalen Warren this week, but I think in terms of routes run and all the things you would like to hope for him, you know, that, that can lead to him being productive as a receiving asset in PPR league, I think he's still totally viable play. And I have a little more hope for Najee. I thought, you know, he went radio silent all week, right? Last Sunday he was the big talker, and they couldn't get him to stop talking. If you watched the interviews in the locker room, they would have liked him to stop way sooner than he did. But he said nothing during the week, and I wondered, is he in trouble or is he just you – know, Apparently, he was just mad, and he took it out on the opposition this week on the Bengals and looked really good. Wasn't a robust workload, but enough for him to get something done. And like Johnson and Pickens, I still think they're a little far down, but look, we're in a six-team bye week, and you might have not have great options. So they're certainly in play. And uh, Pat Fryer, probably floating around out there on a lot of waiver wires, teams gave up on him. It seems like part of this new offensive plan is throwing – the intermediate routes down the middle. That's where Pat Frymuth seems to live. Yeah, he certainly uh, stood out much more noticeably this past week than he had uh, 
previously. Last one for me here for Bob Harris joining us from Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. Bob, uh, I think the the marquee matchup this weekend, 49ers and Eagles, third straight game, the Eagles face a pretty premier opponent. Um, Both teams have great defenses, but both teams have pretty dynamic uh, offenses with a lot of weapons out wide. What are you going to make of this matchup from a fantasy perspective? And are there any players you may be looking to avoid here with these, uh, these really stout defenses lining up against each other? I'm avoiding zero of them. I like the offenses too much. And like, you know, like, I get it. The, the Eagles have been tough against the run, but watching Isaiah Pacheco uh, the week before this game, he had some success running. It wasn't great fantasy success, but just as a runner from a football perspective, he, he made some hay against them. And I think it gave me hope for Christian McCaffrey, who, by the way, is matchup proof. You're never going to sit him down because uh, he can work in the receiving game as well. Um, I do think that, you know, it feels like San Francisco – there's always going to be an outsider there, right? And trying to decide who that is in advance can be tough. Maybe it's not a Debo Samuel week. Maybe it's not a George Kittle week. It's been mostly George Kittle week. And uh, maybe they get them all going against this uh, this very, very generous pass defense. So there's no, no San Francisco 49ers that I would be avoiding if I had them, and that includes Brock Purdy. On the other side, the primary piece is like, doesn't it feel like A.J. Brown is about to get a get-correct game? It's been two kind of quiet games. He had a touchdown last week, but just generally speaking, I think Devontae Smith remains relevant as long as Dallas Goddard out. You have a reasonably good chance of him getting a big game and uh, sit DeAndre Swift at your own peril, and nobody's sitting Jalen Jalen Hurts. Bob, uh, go into the kitchen, make that sandwich, and enjoy it. We appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk soon. There you go. That is Bob Harris of footballdiehards.com also Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio give him a follow on Twitter or X at Football Diehard appreciate Bob coming on that's the second time he's joined us here on the show always good to have him some good advice I just took a look at my roster and realized I was starting Justin Fields because of all my injuries and now he's on the bye week so that deep sleeper at quarterback question was pretty good for me I'm not picking up Mac Jones is he going to play? I'm not picking up Bailey Zappi. Yeah, don't do that. If the Chargers, and I, I made this proclamation yesterday <laughs> on Gregor, so if they lose to the Patriots, I'm taking a break, like a mental health break. because Like just from football in general or just watching the Chargers? Uh, just the Chargers. I'll probably just keep it on red zone. And then maybe during the Chargers game, like not watch them. And then you'll watch, every time it'll flick over and you'll see Mac Jones lighting up yeah. the Chargers defense and you'll be like, I can't escape this. It follows me everywhere. Mac Jones with touchdown number seven on the <laughs> first half. What a game. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I, I was uh, watching the game with my wife and I stood up with the blanket in my hand and I just went to throw it down and my phone slipped out of my hand. So it looked like I threw my phone, which was not the case. I would never throw my phone. I put way too much money into it. But I was just like, this is, I get too angry watching this team. They, they can't just lose in a blowout. They have to keep it nice and close till the end and lose. So I just, you know, if they lose to the Patriots, I think I, I, I got to sit the season out. Just shut her down. I know you've scoffed at me when I've mentioned this before, but uh, I think it does ring kind of true. The Minnesota Vikings are so much like the LA Chargers uh, over on the other yeah. on the other side of the coin. All but one of the Vikings games this season have been one-score games, losing another one last night, now 5 and 6 on the season in such affairs. Um, after going 11 and 0 in one-score games last season, which even in a 17-game schedule, that is a very large portion of their games being decided by just one score so it's uh it's frustrating for both uh, the Chargers a little bit further back of the pack and 
probably a playoff seeming pretty bleak at this point in time. The Vikings still in the mix, but they're heading into the bye week. So it, I feel bad for both fan bases because I know there's uh, lots of Vikings fans up here in our neck of the woods. And uh, people always make fun of the Chargers for not having any fans. I know personally so many people that are Chargers fans. Maybe it's just popular in Alberta because uh, they're a team that people latched onto when they were younger because of the fact that nobody else really liked them. <laughs> you, my best friend uh, Brant from back in Delburn, my buddy New Kid from out in Lloydminster. That I know plenty of Chargers fans. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, a couple of buddies, Brendan and Brad, and I mean, there, there's people on Twitter that I, I communicate with, a bunch of us. It's frustrating. Like, I saw the meme, it was for the Vikings last year. And it was like a, a timeline basically under their logo. Like, oh, great, football. And then for the majority of the game, oh, I hate my life. And then, oh, cool, we won. Yeah. Like, that was the Vikings last year. And there was a reason I was hard on them when I was down the dial doing four-down breakdown. It was like, they just, this can't continue. It was not sustainable, and then it came home to roost in the playoffs, losing to the New York Giants, who this season, if you were, it's it's actually crazy. Some people have actually forgotten that the New York Giants won a playoff game last year yeah. and are back with pretty much the same team, but it is a vastly different scope for them. And yes, they lost Daniel Jones, but they weren't exactly off to a uh, you know fire starter type of a beginning of the season with Jones under center. So it's uh, a bit of a reset season for the Giants here. Uh, we've got Brad, who is now going by Bronco Brad. Brad, you weren't Bronco Brad when they were losing, but now you're Bronco Brad. Okay, we can make that change in the system. Hey, boys, Bronco Brad chiming in. Sorry, 20 minutes late. Have we talked about the Broncos and making the playoffs? No, we haven't. Not specifically, but, but hey, I, I'll a great give, run. I will give credit. I, I counted the Broncos out when they were off to that bad start to saying, yeah, just bringing in Sean Payton doesn't fix this team's issues. Turns out it plays a pretty big role having a very competent head coach, and the Broncos look good. Um, I'm still not convinced they're going to make the playoffs, but even the fact they're in the mix at this point after that start, giving up a 70 spot, and I don't know if it, you, Connor, saw Sean Payton's comments uh, after the game saying the reporter told him it was the second time the Broncos have been a part of Scorigami this season. Uh, <laughs> and they had, first of all, had to explain to Sean Payton what that meant. And then uh, when saying, yeah, this game here, and then also the 70 to 20 game, and he's like, I prefer this one a lot more. Like, well, yeah, understandably so. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. Yeah, the good win against the Browns. No offense in the Browns. Beating Minnesota in a close one, that's very typical. The Bills and Chiefs victories were very impressive. Got to give them a lot of credit. I think if they beat uh, either your Texans this week or my Chargers next week, you got to flex that, that Lions-Broncos game to primetime the following week, the 17th. Because that could be a big one. But the Broncos got to do their part. You win one, you're flexing it. You win two, we have to flex it. And we will see. It's going to be very interesting. And I, I think that the Broncos, like, remember the hype and the expectations last year? This is kind of the team I think that we thought they would be. And they've got rid of players. They got rid of Gregory. They got rid of Chubb. But still, you know, they can run the ball. They got Russ. They got... Two very good receivers. I I mean, I've kind of hyped up that secondary. Simmons and Sertan. I like those pieces. Yeah, they're, they're doing good. See if it continues. Uh, you got the Chargers twice, the Raiders, the Lions, the Texans, and the Patriots. So let's say they, they should easily go three and three. Probably better. Maybe four and two. Are you counting both uh, Chargers games as losses, or is that I had a one-in-one one. split? Okay. Split. I got them beating the 
Chargers, Raiders, and Patriots. Raiders then, are a feisty team. I know the I know the Broncos are looking much better, but uh, I would not be counting out the Raiders. I think that'll be a pretty close game, actually. I mean, Max Crosby might be shut down at that point. It's Good week point. 17. I don't know if you saw what he had to go through to play this week. Yeah. I don't know. If that, <laughs> I mean, he had, his knee was massive. He had to have it drained, and there was worry about the fluids in there that they could have been harmful. But, yeah, I think the Broncos, at a minimum, go 3-3. Three and three. High side, they could go 5-1. and one. We'll see, though. Enough Bronco talk. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, get back into the text line. Lance says, Raiders Nation in all caps also. With Connor Brown getting hot, is he worth picking up? We'll think about that one. Got his first point. He's on the board. He's on the board. Maybe. Maybe it's the first of 82. Who knows? We'll find out. We'll talk about that. See St. Albert, Kevin, uh, Rowdy, Roddy. Ronnie, we'll talk to you guys uh well, not indirectly. When we come back, we'll answer your questions, read your comments. It is Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. one 401 is the text line. Uh, coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tide today, the boys will be joined by Jesse Granger, who, of course, covers the Vegas Golden Knights. For The Athletic, they'll do a little preview, some rumors, keys to victory, and they'll also have Daniel Nugent Bowman of The Athletic dropping by as well. Then today on the Jason Greger Show, should be a lot of fun. We've got, uh, of course, Paul Sir. We'll uh, preview the Oilers Golden Knights. We'll hear from our co-host Sean Brown from 3 to 5, former Edmonton Oiler. One of his former teammates, Matt Lindgren, will be on the program. One of my favorite players growing up. Uh, Jason Strudwick, another one of my favorite players growing up, will be on at 420. Mark Spector, Derek Van Deest, five questions, all that stuff on the Gregor Show from two till six. And uh, Brandon, we kind of touched on it. You'll be out at the Sherwood Park Canadian Brewhouse this Thursday. Seahawks, Cowboys. I had such a good time out there. Uh, the The management group, the servers, everyone out there at the Sherwood Park location for the Canadian Brewhouse is amazing. So you're going to have a good time. Yeah, I haven't been to that one in a number of years. I don't think probably since I stopped by after a slow pitch game one time uh, a few summers back. So I'm looking forward to heading back out. It's always a good time. We were down at uh, St. Albert one last night, and we had the pizza yeah. for the first time. It was and good. I, I said it um, kind of half-jokingly, but... Man, it's not always at, uh, at a, like an establishment like the brew house you expect to get really good pizza. You're like, I'm sure it's fine. That was really good pizza. It was. It blew me away. And then we got some cake at the tail end as well. Yeah, sent you home with a piece of cake. That's what happens when you come into the Canadian brew house with me. And my ice cream wasn't even melted by the time I got home. Oh, that's the brew house special. <laughs> uh, Lance says, we touched on this beforehand, with Connor Brown getting hot, is it worth picking him up? First, Lance, thank you for the donation to my Movember. Uh, I'm way behind on my fundraising. I'm like probably $600 I need to get to my goal of 1440. So if people want to text in, uh, I can send you over the link if you'd like to donate to my Movember. Can't wait to shave this mustache off. And if you need an update on his uh, progress, feel free to check out the picture I posted of Connor on Twitter last night following a devastating yeah. fantasy defeat thanks to Alex Madison. There was, uh, I, I saw your phone come up and I was like looking up at the screen and I thought, oh no, there's like, my eyes might be watering. <laughs> I, I, I hope that's not what, what's going to happen here. Uh, but Connor Brown, hey, if he's available and you're in desperate need, sure. My, why not take a flyer on him? But uh, we'll see. First assist of the season could go many ways. Hey guys, would you start Stroud over Purdy this week? That comes from St. Albert Kevin. Stroud. I mean, I think I start Stroud over everyone every week at this point. 
the Eagles taking on the Niners, right? So the the Eagles defense has given up passing yards, so maybe not the worst look right there, but uh Broncos Texans, you know CJ Stroud's going to be throwing it. The the Texans throw the ball a ton. Um, and the Broncos' defensive numbers are a little bit skewed because of the start of the season. They've actually been a lot, lot better uh, in this recent run. Of course, they've been winning as a result of that too. But Bob said it. He's not sitting any Niners uh, even because of the fact the Eagles' uh, pass defense is a little more um, easily got through than, say, their run defense with that front. But but from what we've seen from C.J. Stroud, I don't know if you're really benching him for probably anybody at this point. Maybe Jalen Hurts just because of the uh, the run touchdown potential plus how well he throws the ball. So I know I come across as biased saying it, but, like, yeah, I'm starting C.J. Stroud over probably everybody at this point. Yeah, kind of like the – I don't know. Maybe the Texans were like, hey, C.J. Stroud is a bona fide passer in this league. But we always see rookie quarterbacks coming in, and it's like we're sheltering them. It's year one. It's going to be a write-off for the most part anyways. Why not let them throw it? Like mm-hmm. learn to read defenses, things like that, not just – Check it down. Forget it to your running back. Like uh, maybe, and I mean CJ Stroud. Who knows? Maybe he just blew them out of the water at camp, and we're like, we gotta throw with this guy. He can he can dissect teams. But yeah, yeah, he looks so comfortable in the pocket and reading defenses, and and he's got a, a collection of ball catchers that he trusts. Whether it is his uh, running backs, each of them, uh, Damian Pierce, of course, has had a very poor season statistically, but I think he's still a guy they will uh, will still count on coming back from injury. Here, he'll be a second game back this weekend. Brown, Dell, uh, the other rookie sensation on the team, even Robert Woods, and then the tight end Dalton Schultz. So he's got a lot of options and a lot of guys he uh, he trusts to throw the football to. They're going to go up and make the catches for him. So yeah, CJ Stroud, a very very exciting fantasy player this year, especially if you either a picked him up on waivers after the first couple weeks, or maybe did take a late flyer on him in say a keeper league draft or something. Um, he's looking like he might set up some fantasy teams for a long time here. I'm going to read this text once, and we're going to see how people know music. This came in from Hans. He says, hi, could you help me with the name of the song and singer and year? This is what I know. It's a sad song. Boyfriend is waiting at the airport for his girlfriend to arrive. But over the loudspeaker came word that the airplane crashed. Thank you, Hans. I don't know this song. I tried to look it up, but if if anyone knows that song, text it in. This is something that's usually one of my strengths is uh, is song, song knowledge, artist, title, year, not so much. But my bigger question here, this is the first message Hans has ever sent to our station. It appears completely out of context, like we weren't having a music discussion. I, I, I'm just perplexed by it. If Hans is, if this is not just a the weirdest wrong number situation of all time, which I don't know how that's possible given our text line number, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. If you don't already have it saved into your contact list, man, shout out Hans for sending this message. Just cold turkey asking Connor and I for some help on this random song that has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about or seemingly relevant in the sports or news uh, swirl today. Like this is so out of left field. I'm actually impressed. Hey, if, it, if he finds it out, then it's all worth it. Rowdy Rowdy says, hey, guys, Connor, Brandon, great show. Regarding the Niners-Eagles game this Sunday, if my Niners win, does it make them the sole Super Bowl favorite? I know it's a ways away till playoffs and injuries are a big factor. The Niners definitely want revenge from last year's conference final. Rowdy Rowdy. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think you could say that, but Patrick Mahomes still has a pulse, so whenever he's around, there's something. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens look pretty solid. So, yeah, you could say that they, they would be if they win this game, but... 
we we got to see how it all plays out, right? Uh, saying they're the, the Super Bowl favorite right now doesn't really mean much. You know, we have to see how it plays it, out. Lots can happen here yeah. in the next handful of weeks. We've seen so many injuries this season, and you never want to hope that on anybody, even if it's your uh, your favorite team's arch nemesis. But the reality is they do happen. And uh, we saw what even minor injuries that kept uh, Debo William or Debo Samuel and Trent Williams out of Sam Fran's lineup, what it did to them. They went on a three-game skid. So never say never with any team. But as of right now, if the Super Bowl were being played today, um, of course, it couldn't be between the Niners and Eagles, but I think they would be pretty heavy favorites um, in that game. Uh, Triple C says, tell the Niners to bring three quarterbacks to the game on Sunday. Yeah, there you go, a little trash talk. Boys, I have Freddie Anderson, Merzlikens, and Uncle Auntie Ranta as my goalies. Gibson just got dropped. Do I pick him up? 12-team league, goalie's hard to come by. Uh, you're a Ducks fan. Would you pick up Johnny Gibson? So the Ducks are on a skid. Six loss, five or six losses straight. They play tonight uh, in Vancouver, who has uh, had a very good season so far, high-flying offense. John Gibson has kind of been like one of the most polarizing figures in the goaltending community because he was like considered one of the best goalies in the league when the Ducks were at the tail end of their um, reign of power atop the Western Conference. Nothing really to show for it except a couple conference finals appearances. And then the team is terrible, and he is getting shellacked on a night-to-night basis. Like I said, goalies are hard to come by. He's 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 certainly worth picking up. But uh, Lucas Destal has uh, struggled a bit in his last couple spot starts, including against Edmonton. So I think Gibson will probably get the reins a little more thoroughly here. And they're still a fun, exciting team. Like wins will matter. His stats, uh, he'll probably give up some goals because they are still pretty porous defensively. But uh, he'll keep them in games. He'll get he'll make saves, and he might even scrape out a, a win here and there for him. So if like he said deep league, your your goalie situation is absolutely ravaged by injury yeah i think gibson's worth uh, taking a shot on for sure and very quickly here eric says yesterday you guys told me five d-man was better than six i have burns hamilton sergachev q hughes heronic and dobson i'm assuming it would either be sergachev or burns i would trade heronic is likely an unsustainable run tough to pick since they are all good players Brandon, what do you think? Really, really quickly, we touched on this er, last week, I think, uh, about Philip Heronic, and yes, he is playing with Quinn Hughes, but like this current pace probably not going to last the length of the season, and if it is, good for him. It, he, if you're looking to make a trade, he's probably a good sell-high option, whereas Brent Burns uh, and Sergachev, they're more likely to turn their bad starts around and kind of return to the form we've seen from them uh, in seasons past. Sergachev has had a brutal start to the season. He's been uh, He's had a tough run of luck here. Tough to see. Tough to see. I think that's going to do it for us here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky. Big thank you to everyone who texted into the show today. Keep those texts coming for the lowdown with Low Tide. Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger from noon to 2, and then 2 to 6, it is the Jason Greger Show. We appreciate you all listening in. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. I think we'll talk some NHL. Grab a guest uh, out there to join us to discuss that at the 1120 spot for the Canadian Brew House. For Brandon Douglas, I'm Connor Halley. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Keep those texts coming in. one 401 We'll talk to you tomorrow. First, though, let's get to a sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.